You're listening to Ann Arbor Stories. I'm Rich Reddy. In 1824, they paid $1.25 per acre, buying up 640 acres of prime Michigan land. Those 640 acres, purchased in a tiny federal land office in Detroit by New Yorker John Allen and Connecticut Elisha Rumsey, would be known as Ann Arbor. Allen paid for 480 acres and Rumsey 160. They split the town north-south at Huron and east-west at Division. Rumsey settled south of Huron, naming his streets Washington, Liberty, and William. Allen went north, naming his Anne, Catherine, and North, which would later become Kingsley. For streets west of Division, they chose 5th, 4th, 3rd, later named Maine, Second, later named Ashley, and First. Ann Arbor had its first grid plan. Allen put down stakes at the corner of Huron and Maine, while Rumsey settled at First in Huron. The men placed ads in the Detroit Gazette, offering lots for sale. Mr. and Mrs. Smith and their infant daughter were the first to arrive, followed by a steady flow of settlers. Log huts appeared on Washington and William, The town's first sawmill, tannery, and shoemaker sprung up to serve Ann Arbor's growing population. The first schoolhouse was built, the first jailhouse erected to keep horse thieves and bank robbers off the streets. The founders sold more and more land to new arrivals, and Ann Arbor spread in all directions. Rumsey's story ends here. Three years after settling Ann Arbor, he died of fever. His wife moved away and remarried. John Allen lived on, one of 400 people who called Ann Arbor home. The town got a courthouse in its first bank. Hotels and music stores popped up, while taverns flourished. A town made primarily of wood, down to its wood plank sidewalks, needed protection. Volunteer fire companies with names like Eagle Fire Company, Defiance Hood and Ladder, and Mayflower Fire Engine Company vowed to keep the town from being engulfed in flames. After trading Toledo for the UP, Michigan joined the Union as the 26th state. Territorial representatives signed the decree in the Ann Arbor Courthouse. Ann Arbor made an ambitious bid for the state capitol, which fell short, but the efforts of six town boosters offering 40 acres to the University of Michigan lured the institution from Detroit. Ann Arbor became a college town. At the same time, the Michigan Central Railroad arrived. Business was booming. William Maynard platted the old west side, mirroring Allen's ordinal system and creating unnecessary confusion by naming his streets 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th Street. The solution? Maynard designated his 4th and 5th streets as avenues instead. Problem solved. John Allen's story was coming to an end. Ann Arbor's co-founder became postmaster, village president, and published a newspaper, but his personal life wasn't nearly as successful. His was an unhappy marriage, and his southern wife was never fond of the Midwest. The couple separated, Anne Allen returning to Virginia, where she died in 1875. Ann Arbor's last remaining founding father grew restless. He left Michigan and moved back to New York to build his fortune, losing most of his bankroll in the real estate game. Undeterred, he struck out west during the California Gold Rush. In 1851, somewhere near San Francisco, he passed away. Ann Arbor was declared a city that same year, 
electing its first mayor, George Sedgwick. The first streetcar track was laid in 1890, and just 35 years later, streetcars were already behind the times. A band played funeral dirges as the final streetcar rolled down the tracks, followed by 12 brand new buses. On the last streetcar hung a banner that read, Goodbye, folks, the scrap heap for me. At the turn of the century, the telephone arrived. The first car was sold. 14,500 people called Ann Arbor home. Art and entertainment were easy to be had in the city packed with Nickelodeons, an opera house, and upscale theaters. In 1906, State Treasurer Frank Glazier built the tallest building the city had ever seen at the corner of Maine and Huron, Ann Arbor's first skyscraper. World War I came and went. The city grew faster than ever. Housing subdivisions sprung up, with developers naming streets after their daughters and their daughters' classmates. Property values soared. World War II came and went. The town got its first parking structure. Art fair was born. Ann Arbor elected its first black mayor. Sixteen years later, they elected their first female mayor. The first malls opened. The first mall closed. Saturdays in the fall became game day. The town that John Allen and Elisha Rumsey purchased for $800 continues to grow and evolve. New businesses open, old businesses fade. 10-story residential high-rises spring up, tech startups settle, and a violin monster prowls the streets. All for a buck 25 an acre.